the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Advancements in technology, and later, America is confused by tipping culture. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson, alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. So glad that you are with us today. Um, if you've missed any of our show, we'd love to invite you to go back, catch up on the podcast. This is a weird show today. Because people need to know. They yeah. were like, wait, you weren't here. You, now you're, you're, I kept telling people back. you were coming. I said that you. <laughs> we have multiple jobs. Yes. And so live yes. radio will get us sometimes. Right. So this was planned. But I think people were worried about you. I think they were worried about me, too. And they were also like, this show is not as good without Aubrey. But um, hey, write us into our Facebook. <laughs> Let us know on Facebook. Do you like the show better with or without me? Just kidding. Don't do that. No, Brian. Thank you for holding down the fort. I Anytime. am back. So glad to be it's here what it means with to you. Be a team. That's right. I love it. Um. Okay, Brian. I know the answer to this question, but I'm gonna go ahead and just take a shot in the dark. Have you watched any of the new The Kardashian season <laughs> on Hulu? I didn't know there was a yeah, new Kardashian fair, season. Fair. So, no, I have okay. not. You, though, love The Kardashians. I love The Kardashians. Does that make you uh, question your faith, your calling? No. It... They are faithful. They pray on that show. Totally different. All right. We'll get back to The Kardashians <laughs> okay, here yes, momentarily. Yes, yes, yes. But it made me think of, like, really, like, lowbrow television. Yeah. I found out the other day that my wife has been watching The Golden Bachelor. <laughs> okay, so I have heard it's a or at sweet least season. Watch it. I don't know if she's like making it through. Yeah, yeah but she's she seen at least it. started it. She I've heard this, it's and I was a very like, sweet season because it's maybe not a scandalous. I don't know because I haven't watched it, but I've heard it's maybe kind of like a nice. It's like a nice uh, season still, of they The still Bachelor. Have all of the things. Oh, like they the do. Room and the oh, this. they do. Gross. We'll have to ask her later because our uh, our uh, producer Laura just texted us. Me too. Oh, she's watching it too. She's going to watch the Golden Bachelor. So I. Go- How do you feel about we might be closer in age to the Golden no, Bachelor than the I regular can't. Bachelor? I, I, I absolutely, I absolutely can't. I can't handle it. I um watched the first episode of it. I'm not going to lie of okay. the Golden Bachelor. Okay, and I could. This is going to sound funny, but I actually mean this. You know, he was so sad about his wife dying and it just I couldn't do it. I was like, this is too painful. I can't watch it. I don't want to see him fall in love with somebody else. You, We've talked about you this. who's number one in Christian death. I thought this would have been right up your alley. I, it's that he's moving on. That's what I don't like. I want him staying in the, the death. Guy from I want up. him crying forever. Yeah, it's the guy from up. I don't want him going on another date. I don't want Carl seeing other women. The Golden Bachelor, you just see Carl from up. Oh, man. All right, back uh, to highbrow television, yes. the Kardashians. Ah, uh, the, the best show ever. No, um, the reason that I bring this up is because there was a funny episode on, I think it was last week. I'm always behind. I, I catch up on it. But, um... But um, they used this hologram technology on it as kind of a joke. It seemed like it was a a marketing thing for the show. But where the the mom, Kris Jenner, like put herself in some weird hologram box so she could be in several places at once with her different daughters. Okay. 
And it was wild to watch because Weird. it was so like realistic. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Like where she was, you had to, ha- I, I, I can't even explain what it was, but where the hologram devices are, she just actually seemed like she was in the room and she could see them and talk to them. So there, there was actual interaction happen. It was almost like a FaceTime video, mm. but via hologram. Very strange. Okay. But you know what I started thinking is that like, okay, this is going to catch on and this is the new, this is the new multi-site church. Uh, the pastor, it already is, isn't it? Uh, well, that's what I, I was wondering. Have you it. seen yes, that happen? Yes, yes. So churches are doing it. I don't know how many. I don't yeah. know. You know, it might be that one or two. Like, yeah, I'm going to look this up. But no, it happens. It is like. It's like a thing, right? Okay. So that's what I was like. Oh, no. This is the new like mega church move. They're all going to buy these. Florida hol- pastor uses proto hologram to beam was. to nine churches. That's what it was. It was proto. That's what they used on their Kardashians. To to beam to not uh California pastor using quote holy hologram delivers Sunday message. Come on. Okay, There's, so what do we think about that? That's really terrible. what I want to talk about. It's terrible, right? Why is it terrible? Uh I mean it was funny on the Kardashians, but it's the 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 so thankfully I feel like most churches are moving away from the campus model where they where they even video you know, Andy Stanley's on video at all the other, I don't know if he actually is, but all the yeah. North Point campuses yeah. or Bill Hybels back in the day at all the Willow campuses. I feel like most of the multi-campus site uh, churches are moving away from that. And yeah. so this feels like a way move back to where we used to be. I, this strikes me, Aubrey, as celebrity pastor narcissism at its at its worst. Oh, like, it does, doesn't to it? the point that my church can't function unless I'm the speaker. I'm going to hologram, which I guess in the end is no different than video Screens. stuff, it's right? No I guess. Different. I guess in fairness, it's no different. It just feels like Star Wars, where they would talk to each other through those things through holograms. Yeah, where like that that was a regular thing. I don't know. I it is we, sort of like we bemoan you... celebrity I pastor. Know. Nothing to me says celebrity pastor more than the best way for my campus to thrive. They need me, right? It has they to be me, me, even via hologram, rather than raising up somebody else to right. preach into. Right? Is it also just like I mean, step back for a minute and like we're having a conversation about hologram. Like this to me is so my childhood imagining this stuff would one day come true, but oh, it always yeah. seemed fantasy. And now it's like, wait, we're act- we're actually having this conversation in real life about a real thing. There's a couple different spots where I have those from when we were kids. So FaceTime, think about FaceTime. Totally. That's oh. the, that's the Jetsons. That is, that's back it's to the, the future. They had the video house. Do you remember? Video the, phone. Did you used to watch the Jetsons? Yes. I love They the used Jet- to have a video, like a thing. And she'd hold like a, they would wear masks to like, like look happier and more put together. Remember they'd like hold up. It was like the the funny thing on the Jetsons. It's FaceTime. They it's were just face ahead of their time. time. No, it's so crazy. So can you hologram yourself to like super dark here? Yeah, like go. after you die, can you like <gasps> hey, I'm gonna have a hologram of of our loved one at Thanksgiving? Probably they you probably save could. Could I hologram myself and speak at my own funeral? Oh, you definitely could. I feel How like much this would is, that mess with people? That is so wild and weird. Again, it's no different than people who record those videos that get played, but it is a little different because it's different. so realistic. It's like they're in the room. It's a little creepy. Yeah, no, it's it's a little different. But back to the church, the celebrity pastor deal. This is it. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is it. It's like, hey, we uh, the church must have me. It has to be me. By any technology necessary. Uh, to the point where I'm going to hologram myself yeah. in nine different locations. We've reg- at so our weird. much smaller church, we've regularly said stuff like, I've said stuff like, if I were to get hit by a bus, I want to set up a church that would still function. A hundred percent. I always jokingly say, I hope you're sad about right, that. Right, right. Have a little funeral in the morning but, time. Yeah. So holograms, uh, screens. I feel like there's been a movement away from these things in yeah, the church. And yeah. I think that movement needs to continue. I agree with you. I, I do not want to see this happen more consistently. Okay. So in the opposite direction, technology going the other way. I was reading something, Brian, about this AI pin. So literally like a pin you would wear on your shirt that's really futuristic, but in a lot of ways prehistoric. You can get it for $700 or like a $24 subscription or something like that. But essentially it's the the point is to try to replace the smartphone, not have a screen. And instead, the AI pin has a built in camera, a microphone that ingests information, doesn't have a screen. Like I said, doesn't have a keypad keypad like i said it sort of records it's very weird because it records people as you're going i don't really know the point but apparently it like tells you if you have a phone call or you can have some type of communication with it maybe a little like the phone but it's on your shirt it records things, so I don't... I don't know if it's good or bad. I can I just know. tell you I won't have one. Yeah, I think I'm not going to have one either. But I will say I like the idea of getting rid of the phone. There's something mm. intriguing to me about not always having this device with a screen in your hand, but kind of going old school in a new way. I'm intrigued by that, but okay. I'm, I'm with you. This The pin seems a little weird. All right. Mark of the beast. <laughs> you might be right. Hey, coming up next, we're talking about sainthood. Do you want to be a saint? We're going to answer that question when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Saint. Sainthood. Saint. Hood. We're good. Uh, we're good non-denominational evangelicals. I don't yeah. feel like this is our 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 lane. This I don't is, feel like th- I don't feel like we can speak to this. No, this is definitely not our lane, and that's why I'm going to Jen Pollock Michelle, who we've yeah. had on the show. We've talked about the show because she is writing about sainthood. Apparently, she was with um a a group that like shares life together. So some type of commune called the Habitus Community. They have a rule of life together. They do scripture reading, Sabbath silence. Fasting, hospitality, the daily examine together. She uh, spoke with them about the power of habits, but apparently got her thinking about sainthood. Mm. And um, she talks about Eugene Peterson, who apparently Eugene Peterson known most famously for the message Mm -hmm. version of the Bible. He's a lot of writing. But apparently in his journal over decades, he wrote about his desire to be a saint. So let me tell you some examples. Apparently he said, uh, he listened to a rousing sermon from someone and he said, is this preaching or is this religious drama? What I'm most interested these days is holiness. I am on the watch for saints. In another place, he talks about how all I want to do is to become a saint but secretly so that no one knows it. I want to be a saint without any trappings, Mm. every detail of routine and imagination, every letter I write, phone call made gesture and encounter gathered and placed on the altar. Uh, He also talks about how he wanted to, um, he was apparently drinking a little bit and he got a little bit uneasy with his habit of a nightly bourbon. Mm. 
And he says, through the night and waking, a distinct gathering will to cut out the bourbon at night, not drinking as much, not drinking as such, but those mind-dulling doubles that interfere with morning prayers and perhaps with night prayers. Mm. Anyway, continues talking about how he wants to be a saint. He wants to be a saint. He wants to be a saint. And Jen Pollock Michelle is saying, look, I love and admire Eugene for his desire for sainthood. But she says, I'm double-minded. I don't know that I want to be a saint. So she started praying to want to want to be a saint. Basically, she's like, the idea is asking God to take control of every square inch of our lives. Is that That's how, she's how defining she describes saint? Because obviously we know in the Catholic Church and other places, the definition of a saint is you've very died for your specific. Faith. Yeah. No, it's you've 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 done like two miracles, right? Oh, like, I thought it was you had died. Oh, okay, no, no. I think that the they faith. can. I think that they can. Uh, like there's a guy whose job it is. There's pe- multiple people whose job it is is to travel the world when there's and they have to like investigate the miracles. It's a great kind of that's gig. awesome. Yeah, and like it has to be like there's two verifiable miracles. Yeah, or I think that's what okay. it is, and that's how you okay. become a saint. Cool. But she's speaking of it much more kind of the way we would non-denominationally so, uh, help help. From all you read, help define kind of better how she's talking about it. Here. Yeah, my guess is she's talking about this this idea more of holiness. Like that's how I think she's like, especially when she talks about Eugene not wanting to drink as much. Eugene mm-hmm. wanted holiness more than religious drama. Uh, Eugene wanting to be really faithful to his vocation. Um, so apparently Eugene also said, if I am ever a saint, it is to be a saint of the basics. Love Jan. That's his wife. Be faithful in my prayers, write well and abundantly and prepare to die. Mm. And so I think that's what she's kind of talking about, like getting more serious about generosity and hospitality and justice. She actually says this phrase, not obsessively checking email and social Mm. media, treating my body better, neglecting the poor uh, or not neglecting the poor would be sainthood. She basically talks about how if we could practice this type of life, like really live for God in all of these ways, then that would be a habit that would form us towards sainthood. So, yeah, Mm. she's talking. She's definitely talking about it more evangelically or more (laughs) non-denominationally. But she also says this. um, We don't think our way into sainthood. We practice practice it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So what are your thoughts about this concept of sainthood, the way she's describing it? It's not a phrase we, I like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm preaching like you live your life as a saint. Like right. it's not language. You, we, use. You, we would use holiness and other things. I yeah. do think she makes an interesting point to say, do I actually want this for my life? Yeah. Because then that's, that's the first decision because then that sends you down the path of Eugene Peterson and others going, Hey, this is what I want. So I'm going to orient my life in such right, a way. Like, do I ultimately right. want to be a whole, do I want holiness to mark me? Do I want all these? I think that's a great question. Like, how do I want to be described in the end? Yeah. Because then that's going to determine your choices and yeah. kind of the direction of your life. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point. I think I, I don't know that I would ever say I want to be a saint. In fact, I don't really want to be a saint. I think I can I think I can be like pretty frank about that. But this idea of letting God have every square inch of your life, 
that to me is really intriguing and appealing. And like, how do we, how do we surrender more and more of the parts of ourselves that we're holding on for ourselves? Right. Or, or the, the things that were like, Oh, please don't God, don't touch this thing. Don't touch this thing. Don't take this thing away from me. I think to be able to hold more with an open hand, whether that's our habits, our practices, our things we love to do, our dreams, to be able to hold those with an open hand and say, God, like I surrender them to you can have all of this. That's the posture I want. Mm-hmm. Whether you call that sainthood, I don't know. But ultimately, like that's what I would like the Lord to form in me, a willingness to say it's all yours and yeah. to mean it. I think we can get lost here, like you said, in the word saint. Yeah. And I think ultimately, do I want holiness in my life? Do I want Christ-likeness in my life? Do I want the trajectory of my life to be one who is throwing off the sin that so easily entangles Mm. and getting rid of these things and moving on towards the things of Jesus. Like that's easy to say. It's hard to do. It's hard to live out and count the cost of what that will cost you. Yeah. Um, And so I think she raises the right question. Uh, Is this what I want? Is this what Mm. I want? And then go from there. Yeah, that's good. Here's something that I, I'm looking at. She, Like I said, uh, Jen Michelle went to this place called the Habitus Community where they it seems like they live together under a rule of life. On their website, they have a great quote from Andy Crouch. It says, the most powerful choices we will make in our lives are not about specific decisions, but about patterns of life, the nudges and disciplines that will shape all our other choices. That's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Like when you decide how you want to live who you want to be, then you set your life in that direction right. and have habits and disciplines, practices, etc. that form that. So when you look back, you can say, yes, I've become more saintly or, or more holy or more like Christ or whatever it is. I, I think at the end of the day, too, that's a transforming work of the Holy Spirit that the spirit of God does in you over time. But anyway, I sainthood, think, fascinating. I think a line that comes to mind for me is still Eugene Peterson, a long obedience in the same direction. That's it, what direction am I walking in? It's no surprise that we read all this about Peterson and he's the one who coined that phrase. Yeah, yeah. He actually seemed to be someone who like lived up to what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's very, very uh, inspiring for the rest of us. Hey, coming up next, we've talked about this before, Brian, but apparently we're not alone. You and I are confused about tipping culture. Very. America is as well. We're going to talk about that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Brian, you and I have talked about uh, tipping confusion. When do you tip? When do you it's not tip? the worst tip? right now. How yeah. much you tip? You know what's happened to me? I've told you this before on air. I do a lot of grocery delivery through Target. They've upped their tipping choices. So like before you could write your own tip in, and I like to tip the delivery person. Uh, but now it's like, here's what we recommend and it's pretty high. They've mm-hmm. got, and you know, groceries are expensive, so the tipping has gone up with it. But Americans are apparently, in general, we're not alone. Americans all over are confused about tipping. A new pre- Pew Research Center or report discovered that seventy-two percent of people are confused about tipping. Mm. Okay, what's confusing about it? A couple things. One is. When do you tip and when don't you? Seems like it's expected in more places than it used to be. So now that we buy everything on our credit cards, yeah, this is what we've talked about at casual restaurants, right. where all you're doing is going to the the counter. Yeah, all of them now 
Panera, um, Chipotle, um, to your local ice cream place. Yep. They all ask you, do you want to leave a tip? I know they do. With like suggested and you're yeah. like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't. So when do you tip? Now there's more service industry stuff, right? Like if you order something online, a lot of times it'll say don't tip. Other times it right. won't. And so you're like, do I? Yeah. And there's like etiquette involved sometimes even with like a hair salon. If they're an owner back in the day, etiquette would say you didn't tip. Really? But I think that's even changed. I never heard that one. Yeah. But like, ride share. Like, you take an Uber. Do you tip? Is right. it Or when you're buying things online now, like, you know, a lot of times you'll pay for your Uber before, like, through yeah. the app. Yeah. Do you tip them? Is it part, is it in the price? Are they not getting a tip? Oh, I Should I tip? So all of those are problems. Yeah. And then secondarily is how much do you tip? How much do I you tip? I think we all know... At a restaurant, right? On the low end, it's 15. On the high, on the normal end, it's 20%. Yeah. But like, if you do want to be nice and tip the barista at Starbucks mm-hmm. or the person behind the register at, Star- at yep. Panera, yep. it's not 20%. Not 20%, but That's what right? their little thing says. Or no. when you get your hair cut, I don't know what's uh. the right. So it, it is, tipping culture is weird. It's so weird. And it feels like it's growing. Like, do you feel more like. More. Tipping is a choice or is it an obligation? I think at a restaurant, it's an obligation. Yeah, you I should think so never too. leave a restaurant without, without tipping. tipping. Yeah. Um, I think it, I think we know the ones where it's an obligation, but I think the other one, I don't think it is an obligation at a lot of these new ones. Yeah. I have a tipping story for you, by Let's the way, it. from this weekend. Let's hear it. Uh, maybe this was my fault or maybe this was hidden. I was at a restaurant this weekend Uh-oh. with a group of other people. Yeah. But we split our checks. Yeah. We split our checks. So Carrie and I got a check. Mm-hmm. The other pe- So there was eight of us. Okay. But we each got yeah, separate each checks. each couple had their own checks. Well, they didn't tell us that the tip was in the check. No. And so one of the guys figured it out, but he figured it out after I had already tipped and signed off on it. No. So my guess is parties over whatever, Six the tip is something. in there. Yeah. It's probably probably eight or above. Yeah. They're in there, but we each got individual two-person checks. So you didn't know that. Ooh. I was not happy. No. But you can't go back and be like, hey, I need that re- I, I need, need that Give tip me my back. tip back. No, you definitely can't. Uh, so, yes, I don't I don't even know. That felt dirty to me. Yeah. That felt dirty. Oh, I'm telling you, it, it is getting, I I wish it was just like, here's the, here's the expected tip in the various places. Like, somebody needs to decide they're the guardian of this conversation. We need a tipping czar. We need a tipping czar. I love that. I yeah. don't, I am not one of these people who thinks tipping should go away. No, I agree. I I think I think it plays a role, although it is weird how little restaurants are able to pay their servers because yeah. of the expected tip. Right. But, um, it is a little odd, but I don't think it should go away. I just think we need to be clearer about what gets tipped and what, what doesn't. doesn't. It certainly feels like it's growing, and that's a problem. Well, so again, part of the the Pew research, there's apparently this phrase "tipflation," <laughs> which uh. you understand what that is, but. The influx of automatic prompts at businesses like coffee shops gives consumers more chances to tip, creating a sense of tip exhaustion. Even some self-service kiosks are asking you to tip these days. Here's kind of the breakdown of where are Americans tipping. Okay, so this will give us the landscape. Uh, This one won't surprise you. At a sit-down restaurant, 92% of Americans tip. So there's still 8% that don't. That actually is surprising to me. But this is interesting, Brian. A majority of Americans said they tip 15% or less for a sit-down meal. 
That really? surprises me. I thought it would be 20% done. Yes. 50, I can't imagine only giving like 10%. I can't either. But the majority give less than 15%. And there's still that 8% that don't tip at all. That's going to be what? People who are mad, older people, young people who don't know to tip. Like, that's a strange yeah. category. Who that are is, those 8%ers? That is interesting you bring that up, too, because it seems like our generation isn't like this. But the generation before us, the tip was like a statement of it how the was, service it was, was value and i'm okay with that but you got to set the bottom yeah like, we'll go below 15 totally if it's not good service i'll give 15 yeah. if it's great service i'll give 20 right but you, i've known some older people especially who they like we start at 20 mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna judge you as you go That's my, and it, that is my dad to a t right? he like does it and then he'll write a yelp review like That's so he goes awesome. even further That's okay awesome uh 78 of americans tip after a haircut Okay. It's a pretty high percentage, but 78% only. Uh, 76, having food delivered. So some people do the food delivery and don't tip. That's surprising to me. Although some places you think it, like, I think it's Papa John's that we got recently. And it's clear when you order, like, the tip is, like. You have to tip. Maybe it wasn't Papa John's. I should be careful of that. It was one of them. Yeah. No, where it said the tip's already included. Like, don't tip. Oh, it was like, or yeah. maybe you paid for it. You No, this is what it was. When you ordered online, you, like. Added the tip there. Yeah, I just, but then you feel weird when they come to the, because you're like, I they, hope you're getting this. Right. And you're also like, I hope you don't know what I tipped you. Yeah, put it on the card. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I did, that is funny. I ordered from Uber Eats uh, for a recent trip that I had. And that did happen when I ordered the food. It had you give the tip, which I thought was strange because yeah. what if the food doesn't get delivered or it's not the right thing nope. or something like that? Okay. And who's actually getting that tip? Yeah. Who's getting it? All right. Uh, using taxi or ride share service, 61% of Americans tip. Listen to this one. Only 25% of Americans tip while buying coffee. I wouldn't tip while buying coffee. I, so this is what's weird. I usually use my Starbucks app, and they don't ask for a no, tip on that. No. And so I don't do it. No. no. Uh, eating at fast casual restaurants. Yep, so that's we're going to put... the bad one that's, that's happened now. That's the Panera. Now. That's the strange one. 12% of Americans that's are tipping. Weird, what I hate about it is... They stare at you while it comes up and says, do you want to leave a tip? And I'm like, like, what do you do? Because if you say no, they go spit in your food. Like, oh, you already got your food at that point. But I usually, I'm always like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's a, that's a moral standard. You don't standard already have your food in that point. Like you're at a right, Panera, you don't. You don't. No, you're right. I you just know? thought of that. You so know? that one's really accurate. Great. Now they're spitting in my food. All right. I do. I will end with this. I had a neighbor who I was kind of complaining about tip culture and tipflation. And she goes... I don't know. I just really love to tip the people who serve me in order to encourage them and cheer their day on. And I was like, all right, you're better than me. Tipping. It's a, I like to tip well at a restaurant, but it's the other ones that are strange. But yes. We're not the only confused ones. So anyway, um, Brian, we are going to play a very fun game. I'm ready. When we return. It's actually a chat GPT game that I, uh, me and chat GPT invented this <laughs> morning we're going to find out uh, what British slang words you know. Okay. We'll do that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. It's the end of the show. And so we just want to put a smile on your face by doing something that hopefully will make you laugh. I am going to ask Brian some uh, meanings of British slang words. I'm going to do well. And this, Brian, this came up from ChatGPT. I was messing around on ChatBG like, what's a fun game I could play with my co-host? And they said, I'll give you a British slang word. You try to guess its meaning. Nice. Do you know why I'm going to do well at this? Yeah. Because I am <gasps> one episode away from being done you with the Ted Lasso. Watched, you still haven't watched the last episode? We I've been never, waiting for you to we, watch we this. We did not have that ability. Well, I, last time I talked to you, I had still like three to go. No, so we last got time you talked to me, you said you had one left. 
No. Maybe I just I was just ready. I was just like getting there we, for uh, you. We are literally sitting on the last one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you'll I'm going to need I'm going to need some uh some suggestions as to what Carrie and I should move on to Ooh, now that we've talked. Oh, I love giving TV suggestions. Yep, yep. Okay. So you've been watching Ted Lasso, yes. so you should know what some of these mean. I should. Mean. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh chuffed. What does chuffed mean in British slang? I have no idea, but I'm going to guess. Yes, I'm going to type it into ChatGPT and see what it says. Chuffed. This is happening in real time, people. Uh, that is a British slang for mashed potatoes. <laughs> no? Okay, mashed potatoes, question mark. Uh, nice try, but chuffed does not refer to mashed potatoes. Here's what it is. When you're pleased or delighted with something, I'm chuffed to bits. It's a positive okay. expression of happiness or satisfaction. You're only doing this game so you can pull out your British accent. Absolutely. Are okay. you ready for the next one? I am. Dodgy. Dodgy. Oh, I just said that with a New York accent. Dodgy. <laughs> dodgy. I was like, Mario, dodgy. Dodgy. Uh, so dodgy, that Martha. That is, uh, like, it'd be too easy to say it's avoiding something. It is, uh, something is damp. Something is wet. <laughs> It is dodgy. <laughs> Good attempt, but it means suspicious or unreliable. You had it right. Okay. If something seems a bit off or trustworthy, it's dodgy. Okay. All right. This one you should get. Gobsmacked. Oh, that's like you're surprised. You're, okay. you're, you can't believe okay. it. Okay. Surprise. Astonished. Let's see. Spot on. You got it. Gobsmacked. Utterly shocked or astonished. Nice. If anyone is gobsmacked, they are so surprised they might not even be able to speak. Okay. You'll definitely know this one. Bloke. That's like a friend. Close. Get a little more specific. A good friend. A, a guy. It's a, a guy. fellow. Okay. Yeah, it's like a male friend. A male friend. Yeah, not a boyfriend, but like okay. a male buddy. Yep, yep, okay. Yep. All right. Cheeky. Oh, funny. Cute. Kind of yeah, yeah. funny. Playfully impudent yeah. or irreverent. Yeah. Yep. A little naughty, but in a lighthearted way. I think You're we cheeky. use that in the U.S. too. Yeah, we do sometimes use cheeky. Yep. Maybe not as much as the Brits do, but okay. How about this one? I'm knackered. I mean, the way you said it means it's got to be angry. It's got to no, be something. Nope. That's kind of, I mean, no, it's not. Oh, then you fooled me because you're like, I'm knackered. <laughs> Let me say it in a different way. I'm knackered. Tired. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Uh, mug. For instance, don't be a mug. <laughs> I like it. Let me give you some clues. Don't be a mug. Don't be knackered. I should be like, don't be a mug. <laughs> uh, don't be a mug. That's probably like a uh, somebody in a bad mood. A sourpuss, if you will. I would have thought that, too. That's definitely, that feels right. Is this right. Be something with a muggle? Like some same no, type of deal? No, 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 but, oh, man. I, I really like how you went with that. It's not muggle, but a gullible person. Okay. An easily fooled person. I've don't, been mugged. Don't be a mug. He's just trying to take advantage of you. All right. Just this accent again. Th- I hope I can say this on the radio. This is not the way we use it in America. But here we go. Pissed. If someone says they're pissed, you should know this from Ted Lasso. Oh, and it doesn't mean angry? No, it's not angry. I don't remember ever hearing this in really? Ted Lasso. Yeah. Now you'll hear it. Drunk. Yes. Drunk. Oh. Well done. Well done. They've had one too many drinks. I don't feel uh, like I knew that from Ted Lasso, but I do feel like that's from a song. You just heard that. I get knocked out. No, they don't say it there. Oh, yeah, it is. I get. Then they go, this in the night. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. That's drinking, people. <laughs> I hope it's okay that we're saying this on the radio right now. Okay. Uh, quid. Oh, I feel like I knew this. You know quid. 
Oh, use it in a sentence. Oh, I can't. It'll give it away if I do. Yeah, I'm not going to know. It cost me 20 quid. Like pounds? Dollars? It's like it's like how we say bucks oh, for okay. dollars. Okay. It's their slang for pounds sterling. Okay. I learned that when I was in Britain one summer. Okay. <laughs> I like this one. You ready? Taking the mickey. Uh, that, they also say taking the mick. That feels like public transportation of some sort. <laughs> That's a really good guess. It's not close, but that makes sense why you would think that. It's teasing or making fun of someone. It's like pulling someone's leg in American I'm taking English. the mick. Taking the mickey. All right. This one. Ooh, I don't even know if I'm going to say this one right. There's two ways to use it. Skeeve or skiving. Hmm. Here's how you might say it. That person is skiving off or skeeving off. Or skeeving off. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, uh, they're being not lazy, but they're using. Yeah. They're like. Uh, you are like right there. You know what I mean? They're they're not doing what they're supposed yeah, to be. They're shirking their duties. There you go. Yes, That's avoiding work for. responsibilities. Oh, this is a good one. I like this one. You ready? Tosh. Oh, That's I, Tosh. I feel like I knew this one, but I don't. <laughs> I want to start using this. This is good. I like that you gave me for my for my hint. That's Tosh. <laughs> is that helpful? Uh, I think it's probably has to do with uh, pleasant or pretty. No, it's nonsense or rubbish. Rubbish. If someone is talking Tosh, they're not making any sense. You talk Tosh. <laughs> You're talking Tosh today. <laughs> you. Okay. Ooh, these two actually go together. Wally. Mm. You might call someone a Wally if they're talking Tosh. A jokester. Kind of. Like a, a clown. A foolish or a silly person. Yeah. Okay. If someone is being daft or making a silly mistake, you might call them a Wally. You're a Wally. You Tosh Wally. Oh, you Stop Wally. Stop talking Tosh, you Wally. I'm call one of my kids that tonight and <laughs> with no that. context. <laughs> if they do something, oh, you're such a Wally. <laughs> I want to do that too. We'll report back tomorrow. <laughs> All right. We've got two more and I have to share them because they're okay. good. You ready? Yep. <laughs> Giggly wiggly. Is that what it sounds like? <laughs> like you're just laughing all the yeah, time? Yeah, you're just feeling giggly or in a good mood. You're giggly wiggly. Okay. This, this whole list is making me giggly wiggly. I love this. Okay. What about, I feel like I know this one from Harry Potter, but I would not have guessed. Barmy. Uh, you're barmy. You're, uh, you know, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little sweaty. Feeling very barmy today. <laughs> That's what I would it's have warm, guessed too. It's warm outside. <laughs> I put too many layers on. I'm a little barmy. I went for a run today. I need a shower because I'm a little barmy. You're a little barmy, right? <laughs> totally. No, apparently it's if you're acting strange, crazy, or eccentric. Okay. You might say someone is. Barmy. I wonder if you would say someone is a Tosh Wally Barmy. I wonder if you would ever throw them all because they pissed too much. much. Oh man, I'm going to lose my job because of this British slang. All right. We hope you had as much fun with that as we did. Hopefully, you're feeling a little giggly wiggly. We'll be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.